They said it was forbidden. They said it was dangerous. They were right. Introducing the paranoid American homunculus owner's manual. Dive into the arcane, into the hidden corners of the occult. This isn't just a comic. It's a hidden tome of supernatural power. All original artwork illustrating the groundbreaking research of Juan Ayala, one of the only living homunculologists of our time. Learn how to summon your own homunculus, an enigma wrapped in the fabric of reality itself, their power at your fingertips, their existence, your secret. Explore the mysteries of the Aristotelian, the spiritual, the Paracelsian, the Crowleyan homunculus, ancient knowledge lost to time, now unearthed in this forbidden tale. This comic book holds truths not meant for the light of day, knowledge that was buried, feared, and shunned. Are you ready to uncover the hidden, the paranoid American homunculus owner's manual, not for the faint of heart, available now from Paranoid American. Get your copy at tjojp.com or paranoidamerican.com today. to another episode of the Juan on Juan podcast. I'm your host, Juan. Today we had Jonas on the podcast again, and we talked about, honestly, it was based on one of his videos that he posted. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, man, this is really good content, dude. We should we should do a podcast about it and elaborate a little bit on it. A lot of the topics we covered today, they, they can be episodes all on their own, honestly. And we touched on them briefly and gave our input and you know some background on it today we broke down five topics that are going to contribute to the awakening of humanity and really revolutionize how the world and how humanity sees the world and and life and everything everything that's around us these are really thought-provoking topics and i love it i love this type of stuff so without further ado I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. And again, thank you, Jonas. This is The Awakening of Humanity with Jonas Rosen. Uh, welcome back to the show, man. All right. Good to be here. Good to be here. Yeah, I mean, it feels like we, we just connected a few weeks ago and doing our second podcast already. And I'm excited, man. It's great to be here. Yeah, thank you for the, taking the time to be on today. And uh, before we start, what's your... Um, your youtube channel whatever social media you want to share so that people can find your your work yeah sure thanks man um really it's mainly my my youtube channel i have a youtube channel called cosmic consciousness with jonas and on that channel i, I discuss a whole bunch of different stuff basically the mysteries of life and uh you know asking big questions and exploring some big questions in terms of the nature of consciousness um, a whole bunch of, of different mysteries related to uh, the UFO phenomenon and ancient human history, as well as psychedelics. I'm very passionate about psychedelics, specifically as tools for healing, therapeutic tools for healing and awakening. So uh, you can find all that and more on my YouTube channel. Yeah, I started following you because I, I think I saw a video of DMT and that's how I came across you. Yeah. And. And today's episode is going to be uh, loosely based on one of your videos that inspired me. And I saw it and I immediately texted you and I was like, dude, this is gold, man. And and, <laughs> and what pissed me off about it was that you came up with all these good topics and then you were just like teasing with them. It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You can't just say that <laughs> and then not go in like any more depth. So it's like these you call it the awakening of humanity, and you have these predictions. Um, what made what made you? How'd you come up with these predictions? Is this something you've been thinking about, or you've seen, or or what? 
Well, it's hard to say. I mean, it comes from I've been I've been looking into um, I've just been asking big questions for a long time. And I mean, it's a combination of some of the knowledge and insights I've acquired over time, as well as just my own intuitive sense. But um, I think anyone looking at the situation right now, there's no doubt that humanity something big is going on right now on planet earth, right? Like, and in, in the human collective in particular, we're seeing this, it's, it's a, it's a very complex issue with a lot going on, but just to break it down a little bit, obviously we have massive social unrest all over the world, political destabilization, mass demonstrations going on. Meanwhile, we have a ecological crisis, um, that desperately needs addressing. Um, And what it ultimately comes down to is if we want to save our species from self-destruction, and this sounds extreme, but it really is true. If we want to save our species from self-destruction, ultimately we need an evolution of consciousness. Like we need more than just clever politics and changes in the external world. We need a deeper inner transformation of the human collective. And that's kind of why, like, um, you know, in, in thinking a lot about that and some all, all the different factors that are coming together, like this big confluence of all these different things coming together, um, that's kind of like, I do believe that humanity is like a new era is starting to dawn for humanity. And um like all the social upheaval and issues that we're seeing in the world are like the birthing pangs of a new era. Like um, a new era is being born before our eyes. And that's obviously a very challenging and painful process in a lot of ways. I believe that a lot of kind of the old structures have to uh, crumble basically to make way for something new to emerge, you know? Um, but that's basically why I started talking about this because it's, it's, it's the the way of the universe is evolution, right? Like from the Big Bang to this, with each passing moment, there's this unfolding process that's going on, like this massive cosmic unfolding that's just, you know, infinite. <laughs> and we are all a part of that. We're all part of this greater movement, something that's way bigger than just us and ultimately bigger than humanity as well. But we're a part of this natural unfolding process of the cosmos, I believe it's a law of the universe to always be unfolding and just dynamic, like dynamism, changing, but also evolving in a while. And uh, like evolving all the while is what I meant. And so that that's part of what I see that like humanity as a, <laughs> you can stop me anytime because I could just keep rambling on. <laughs> I was going to, I was going to ask you, no, your thing, man, I was going to ask you, and I don't mean to get uh, religious, but would you say it's it's biblical in a sense? Yeah, I mean, yes, in a sense. I think that I would say that it's not exclusively biblical. I would say that the Bible and many of the um, sacred um, scriptures from all over the world, they spoke of this this time, this this time of great awakening, of great changes and, and upheaval on the planet. Um, you have stories and like I, I to be honest, I really don't know all that much about the Bible. But I mean, you have stories, for example, like uh, the Great Flood, this kind of great cleansing that that made way for something new to emerge. But I mean, also, for example, if you look at the ancient Mayans as well as the ancient Egyptians, they all had a, a mythology, a, a they told stories about this time, the, the coming of uh, a new age for humanity that would be preceded by um, great changes and great challenges. And I think that's where that's kind of where we're at right now. We're like in the in-between times where we're transitioning to a new age. We're just we're on the verge of this, I believe, really exploding into into the mainstream. But uh yeah. This is this is just a preface. Uh, we're going to break down the points that you bring up in the video and we're going to elaborate on on some of those points. And when you talk about uh you know the the thing with these ancient scriptures 
is I feel there is a there's a you need a, a mystical comprehension as well as a literal comprehension because for example the book Revelations you know there's there's people take that in a literal sense and there's other theories behind uh, why it was written at the time as it was written and who it's referring to in in that in that text you know what I mean mm-hmm. but but if you if people don't comprehend it correctly and, and again that's the thing with religion you comprehend it. Again, a mystical comprehension and then a literal comprehension. You have to look at both parts because it, it, it can go a lot deeper than that. Would you say that, speaking of the Mayans, did did the world end in 2012? What are your thoughts on that? Did the world end in 2012? I mean, we're still here, right? <laughs> well, yeah, but again, what they, the age, did it end as far or we're in a simulation and the world did end? You don't know. <laughs> Well, listen, I don't I don't close off any possibilities like in my perspective, the simple fact that we're alive right now is such an astounding miracle that all possibilities are on the table. That's how I see it. I don't know is the is the honest answer. But I mean, I, I there's I my understanding is that the ancient Mayan prophecy wasn't so much predicting a doomsday like cataclysmic scenario where the world was literally going to end as much as the age, like the epic, the, the, epo- the symbolism, the, right? Like the, yeah, the, it's kind of more metaphorical, like uh, understanding of it, how the, like a humanity transitioning into a new age, the old age is ending and, 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 um, yeah, I mean that that that's my understanding. Again, I I don't know that much detail about it to be to be honest, but um, that's how I understand it. And I do think that is very much accurate. Like that is what we're seeing. I do think that we're as as I've been saying, go, transitioning into a new age as a collective. So yeah. So uh, I'm gonna read two quotes that you had in the video that I really liked. Uh, the one by Albert Einstein and Nikola Tesla. Uh, the one by Albert Einstein, no problem can be solved from the same level of consciousness that created it. I think that's very powerful. And also, the day science begins to study non-physical phenomenon, it will make more progress in one decade than in all the previous centuries of is its existence. Nikola Tesla. That's yep. that's also, you know, Nikola Tesla was this guy who he believed in the frequencies of the world and and you know. Uh, 369 and he said that the answers to everything are in those numbers and again that's that's crazy he, des- he deserves an entire episode to himself <laughs> yes he does yeah I mean, there's a he, lot of he's stuff easily there easily one of the um greatest most brilliant um scientific luminaries in human history and he's the reason why that. uh he's he's responsible for basically the electrical um the way that our electrical grids are set up all around the world. Um, this alternating current system um, compared to what Edison was developing at the time, which was, um, I believe, the direct current. Um, and the alternating current is way more way more efficient, way more effective for transitioning, for uh, transmitting power over long distances. So anyway, that's a whole other tangent. <laughs> yeah, that, and, and when it comes to that, dude, I got some conspiracy theories that are linked to that too. But again, that, that that'll be we could do another episode on that. But yeah, well, hey, let's 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 break down like some of the points because uh, I feel like I, I've been rambling a lot about like this awakening, and I do think it's helpful to kind of break down some of the yeah. points. Well, the first one that I want to bring up is, uh, and the first one that you bring up, and I kind of combined it with with another one because I feel it, it's it, they relate in a way. Uh, the first one is spiritual revolution and the birth of a planetary citizenship. Uh, spiritual revolution, I feel, is the, the more difficult one to understand because uh, it, it, it's within ourselves. You know what I mean? It's finding that oneness in you and becoming and, and like how you were. Uh, relating the world and these fake borders that we came up with but when you look at the world from space you don't see those borders you know what i mean so so can you elaborate on that spiritual revolution and then we can transition it to the birth of a planetary uh, citizenship yes yes um so the, the, the spiritual revolution very much goes back to that Einstein quote that we can't solve our problems from the same state or the same level of consciousness from which they were created. In order to, tr- in order to 
save our species basically we need an evolution of of consciousness where we transcend the old ways of thinking and behaving that got us in this situation in the first place right like greed egotism um racism like all, all like basically and nationalism as well which goes to that that planetary citizenship but so basically, we need this deeper inner transf- transformation of humanity uh, in order to save our species again. Like, I'm not even being dramatic there. That's quite literally the truth over longer periods of time. And what it, what, that's another name. Like, it's a synonym for inner transformation, spiritual evolution. Spiritual evolution on a mass scale is a spiritual revolution. And we're already seeing that happen. Like, we're seeing more and more people getting interested opening their minds and opening their hearts and engaging with life in a deeper way. That's why I think, for example, and as as I guess we'll talk about more later in the video, we're seeing this resurgence in psychedelics. We're seeing more people investigating like all this esoteric wisdom and esoteric knowledge and wisdom teachings and non-duality and spiritual teachings. We're seeing that blossom all over the world and particularly in the Western society. See, this is another big part of, I think, why we're in this situation as a human family right now is because we've lost our connection with spirit. Like we've, we've gone so deeply into the material realm that we've forgotten that we are like infinite divine beings. That's just my perspective. That's society though, dude, you know, that, that conditioning. It is, it's, it's very much our social conditioning. It's very much our social conditioning. And like we, we, yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't even see this from a purely like spiritual or religious perspective. I also see it from a scientific perspective, how more and more quantum physics is proving that consciousness, like the essence of our being, the truth of what we are, consciousness is non-local, which means it exists beyond the body, beyond the brain and beyond space and time altogether, like beyond this universe. (laughs) That's what I mean when I say we are infinite divine beings in a temporary human lifetime. We are all spiritual beings having a human experience. Like that's the truth. And we've lost sight of that. We've lost our connection to uh, the fact that we are multidimensional beings. Like, um, yeah. So reestablishing this connect. And again, like, it's a very complex, like everything's interconnected and like, it's hard to like really break this down in a succinct way, but this is part of our human evolution. Like the next stage in human evolution, like how I was saying that the universe is, it's a law of the universe to just evolve to, it never stops. The, the next stage in our human evolution isn't, it's not a physical evolution. It's an evolution of consciousness. It's an evolution of our collective mind. And as we open up our collective minds, our, we also open up our collective hearts. Like that's real. And that's what I call a spiritual evolution, a spiritual revolution of humanity. And I mean... Yeah, it does. It it does very much connect with this idea, like the birth of planetary citizenship. Again, not even from a spiritual perspective, from a t- scientific perspective, is a scientific fact. Is a truth of life that we are all one. Right? Oneness is the truth. There's no. We all must come to this realization. Oneness is the truth. I I, I talk about it in like all day. <laughs> Oneness is the truth, man. Yeah. Um, And quantum physics has proved this, but even if you look at the Big Bang Theory and just trace the history back of our universe, we all emerged from the same source, right? Like Mm -hmm. we're all made of the same underlying reality. That's that's an obvious common sense fact that yes, on the surface we're different, but on a deeper level we're all one. And from that perspective, like from that higher state of consciousness, that broader awareness, like if you zoom out and look at the earth from space, we, the earth, this, this, this little planetary spaceship that we all share is the tiniest speck of dust in the bigger picture. And we all share it together. Like we're all one. We drew the lines on the map And yes, I understand like in some ways they do serve a purpose and like blah, blah, blah. But I'm talking like in the in the if you project like the the evolution of humanity out hundreds, thousands of years into the future, at some point, it's no longer going to make any sense to have these superficial divisions like 
I'm from this country. You're from that country. This is mine and that's it, yours. Like it doesn't like, matter. It doesn't matter. It, 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 it doesn't matter. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like, no, but the again, deep, the that, deeper truth, the deeper truth is oneness. And like, that's the trajectory of our evolution. We're moving in that direction. So that that's again that that conditioning that i'm talking about we, we know it it doesn't matter but we, we we let life be ruled by a piece of paper that they give value to and people are so oblivious to their surroundings that they're not going to seek to to have that spiritual revolution they're not going to care you know what i mean because there's all these other things at work and at play that people aren't paying attention now people are and they're starting to realize that mm-hmm. but i feel like everybody's always so into their own thing that they don't even care to find whatever it is you know um so uh moving on here and i know this is something you're very passionate about and one of the things that you talked about in the video psychedelics and plant medicines playing a major and central role in the great awakening uh obviously you're an advocate when it comes to psychedelics uh due to their rate of success and uh, it's incredible these things that they're able to accomplish. Uh, but, but again, there's other forces at work, big pharma, other factors, because it's a business. You know, like six months after one dose of psilocybin cures depression. Yeah. And I saw another study where four to five years after cancer patients take a dose, they feel better, uh, you know, dealing with a terminal illness, anxiety, depression, all these different things. Uh, things that's going on and makes them feel better four to five years after they take one dose. That's incredible. A single dose, a single dose. Yeah. And I mean, it, it truly is incredible. And I mean, it's very simply put, there's no other treatment or there's no other, um, you know, psychiatric intervention that comes even close to that. Nowhere close to that. This is a quantum leap. This is a the, the the irony of it is that these are natural substances that are ancient. They've been around for thousands of years. They've been around since from the, the earth. dawn of humanity. Rose from the earth. It's they're gifts from Mother Earth, yo. <laughs> <laughs> and like this is going back to our roots. This is like our our ancestors, the indigenous people all over the world, all throughout history, just about every single group of indigenous peoples used plant medicines, natural entheogens to alter their state of consciousness to do a number of different things for both healing and awakening and connecting with divinity. And we, we've lost that like in the past couple of decades. But yeah, I mean, that, that's coming back in a big, big way. And a big part of it is that, you know, very respected and, um, highly esteemed research institutions such as Johns Hopkins in Baltimore, Imperial College of London, uh, there's a bunch of them all over the world are starting to investigate this in a very, very rigorous scientific way. And the numbers don't lie. The numbers speak for themselves. And that's the problem, Jonas. Anyone using common sense can look at this research, see the results of this research that after one dose one high dose of psilocybin, for example, as you mentioned, six months later, around 60% of people are completely cured of depression. And 80% of people have a significant reduction of symptoms. That's after one dose, six months later. Like it's, it's really remarkable. And it just speaks to how powerful these substances are. So I do think that this is going to be a very, very central like driving force that helps push along this great, like this evolution and awakening of humanity. Because ultimately what this evolution of humanity comes down to is the evolution of each one of us, right? And so like as you and I and all the rest of us go through our process of healing in a deep way, go through our process of awakening, opening our minds and opening our hearts, then that's that's our contribution to the, the collective evolution. And psychedelics are not the only tool but they are one of the most powerful and profound and um, accessible tools that we have at our disposal, both for healing and awakening. Again, it's not I, – I do think that psychedelics are absolutely going to revolutionize the entire field of mental health when it comes to addressing depression, anxiety, trauma, all, all of it, even, su- even substance addiction as well. 
Um, but beyond that, it's also, again, about this deeper spiritual evolution. Like, I think that this will help us connect with, uh, reconnect to, to spirit as I, as I was talking about earlier, because like, that's, there's a very, it's not, not always, but a, a big percentage of people have these deeply, uh, spiritual, um, experiences through psilocybin. That's another one of the unbelievable results from this psychedelic research some some crazy percentage of people like 70% of people rate uh the high dose experience as one of the top 5 most meaningful experiences in their entire life what's high so, dose how much how much is a high dose considered uh well for research varies, purposes it kind of varies <laughs> from from person to person but for psilocybin i would say like over 5 grams of psilocybin mushrooms that's it um would generally be in a research setting be considered a high dose. Um, I, I don't actually know the figure that they would call off the top of my head, but um, yeah. Or yeah, from so experience, have you have ahead, you done one of the hero hero what they call a heroic dose or something like that? Have Say you again, done have that? I, have I done it? Yeah. Yeah, man. Why do you think I'm here saying all this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, so, so plant medicines, psychedelics, uh, the numbers don't lie, and that's that's the problem. That's I feel like facts. when when nowadays I feel that these things that we're getting, these chemicals that they're prescribing people, I'm not on any meds, but the, the chemicals they prescribe people, I feel like the the symptoms of that medicine is worse than what they're treating. You know, so how do you feel about big pharma? Do you do you feel it's like it's a business, like you know? What's your thoughts on that? I mean, that's obvious, right? That's obvious. I mean, time and time again, Big Pharma has demonstrated that it's all about the bottom line for them. It's not about actually helping people heal and get better, which is supposedly the entire objective of why they exist in the first place. So there's like an incredible irony. There's an incredible greed that's definitely very visible and apparent in Big Pharma. And the thing is that, yeah, they're facing a big challenge here with psychedelics. I'm, I'm curious to see how this is all going to play out because, again, what it comes down to is like if you go if – you're, if you're taking like an antidepressant medication or an anti-anxiety medication, like one of these pharmaceutical drugs, you're taking them every day, right? Like usually – most typically if you're taking an antidepressant, it's every day, may, maybe even multiple times a day. As you said, there's all these side effects – and they're treating the symptoms, right? It's like a Band-Aid. It's like it's helping you treat the symptoms and make the symptoms less severe. With psychedelics, on the other hand, again, this is a quantum leap because you're not taking it every day. You're, t you're doing one, one high dose, one high dose. And instead of treating the symptoms, it's going to the very root. It's, a, it's addressing the very root cause of the mental illness. So like – Again, it's a it's a quantum leap. This is this I do believe that if used in the right way, again, like it's very important. It goes without saying that it's very important to do this in a highly competent, very um, safe and responsible way. That goes without saying. But if all that if if those if if in in the right conditions, this will make um, this will make these pharmaceutical drugs obsolete. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And uh, uh, before we move on here, I wanted to add one more thought to it. Uh, I think I saw a report of it yesterday. There was this CEO or somebody of some big pharma who got put in jail for only five and a half years because they, his company was taking a kickback from these uh, – I forgot who it was. Somebody was getting a kickback from, from prescribing narcotics to people and you know all these opioids and all this stuff that they give people. So just – you know. That it is what it is, but it's obviously a business. Um, sure. So the the next topic, uh, which is one that that I'm passionate about and I, I believe in, merger of science with spirituality. Obviously, yes. consciousness is infinite. Uh, quantum physics and spirituality go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. And there's a there's a quote that I want to insert here that it's, it has to do with the, st the string theory and the multiverse uh, theory. The laws of physics are a death warrant to all intelli intelligent life. In order to escape, you must leave the universe you are in. That's Michio Kaku, one of the famous uh, uh, 
phys, uh, physicist here and, and one of the most famous ones in the world, actually. Yeah. Um, so what do you That's think That's an interesting about quote. That? I mean, I'm definitely a fan of Michio Kaku. I, I, I'm, I'm not sure what context he's, he said that in. And he's talking about multiverses, about wormholes and all this stuff. And, uh, you know, uh, pretty much jumping dimensions is what he was talking about and how they're how they're how they don't even we don't even know string theory is the theory of everything. And we don't even know what it is. We don't even begin to understand it. Just how we don't. But, you know, well, it's know a it's a proposed it's a proposed theory of everything. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's 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 one attempt at a so-called unified theory because <laughs> we are one we yeah are, we are all one and again like you said it's it's attempting to uh you know relate everything in a, in a way which i believe it is so basically like where we're at this is from my understanding is that we have basically it we have a physics for big objects in the universe is called general relativity. This is like the billiard ball, uh, Newtonian mechanics governing like the laws of motion and thermodynamics and all that stuff. It's called that's like classical physics, f- physics, general relativity. Then we also have quantum physics, right, which was discovered in the 1920s, and that's dealing with stuff on the very, very, very tiny. Uh, small level right so we have like one for the macro and one for the micro and both of them are very very like accurate and function very well mathematically in terms of our understanding of the universe so they're both like accurate and correct in their own sense but reconciling the two like bringing them together and unifying these two basically schools of physics has proved to be an enormously difficult challenge um, for reasons beyond my understanding, I do understand that really gravity is at, at the core of it. Like gravity is something that seems so we take it for granted. And it, it seems like such a kind of, you know, ordinary part of our everyday life. But at the same time, it's a complete it's still a complete mystery. Like we don't understand gravity. And that's at the very core of this problem of unifying uh general relativity with uh quantum theory but yeah i mean so the i do think that science and spirituality over time are going to like the divisions between the two are progressively going to break down um and the reason i say that is well yeah i mean ultimately everything is one right coming back to that fundamental truth and both science and spirituality are exploring the same fundamental reality, like the same underlying reality. Science is looking outwardly and spiritual spirituality is looking inwardly, but they're both exploring life, life itself. And yep. so and they're both exploring the, the same truth. So ultimately, there's not a distinction between the two. And it's really funny, actually, that some of the greatest spiritual visionaries, like all throughout history, from Buddha to Jesus, they all tell us the same things, right? That one, all is one. Like that's the that's the core truth that's found throughout all the spiritual and religious, like major uh, spiritual and religious teachings all over the world. All is one. And two, we are divine. We are infinite divine beings. And what's really ironic is that they that was stated thousands of years ago, and finally thousands of years later, our most advanced science is just starting to catch up with those realizations. Quantum yeah. physics is now finally starting to to discover scientifically that yes, all is one, and two, yes, we are infinite beings because consciousness is non-local. It's beyond the physical. It's beyond this physical lifetime. So our most advanced science now is starting to to um, is starting to That's scientifically crazy. prove <laughs> uh, the 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 mystical truths, the mystical insights that were have been described. For thousands of years, and I do, I think that's one part of it. I, I think there's a number of different fields of research that's going to like accelerate this this um, merger of science and spirituality. And absolutely, like quantum physics is at the very core of it. I would also say that research into psychedelics, uh, to bring up this topic again, is is very central to this because so many people in the psychedelic experience that's now being studied in you know in the lab, so to speak. So many of these people are having these deeply spiritual, metaphysical experiences, 
And a lot of them are describing the same key insights and the same, like they're seeing very similar things, you know? And it's making a lot of, it's making a lot of these more intellectual people really grapple with these spiritual or religious questions. I mean, there's a lot, well, there's a lot more to it than all that, but, um, on, on the topic of, of identifying consciousness and where it originated from, um, I know I, I was speaking to you about the Gnostics and I feel that the Gnostics, they understood this concept, you know, because for them thought came first. And in order to understand the ending, you must understand the beginning because the end is where the beginning is. And, the 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 trinity though if you want to call it the holy trinity for the gnostics you know you have the one and then you have thinking which is the father figure uh thought thinking the mother sophia and then you have thinking a thought of itself thinking (laughs) which is christ christo the child so you have that holy divinity if you want to call it and they understood that they understood that that the thought came first and Mm -hmm. And it evolved, you know, it evolved from that. And then obviously you have their story of creation, um, which that's that's Gnosticism. And you can look that up because that's really deep. But at the end of the day, you know, I, I found that really, really profound and really interesting because it's almost like they, you know, they understood this. They're, they're almost like quantum physicists in a way They're like, you know what? You know, consciousness came first. Consciousness was always there. And that's how we came to be. You know what I mean? Like from a thought we came to be. Um, that's that's really the that's really the core of it as I see it. It's 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 a new science of consciousness is emerging where we realize that consciousness is not produced by the brain or generated by the brain. I think we may have talked about this last last uh, podcast as well, but just this this key insight that consciousness is not produced by the brain. Like yes, there's obviously some relationship between the brain and consciousness. But I see it more as like a computer, like how the computer doesn't generate the electrical current. It needs the electrical current to function and to come to life, so to speak. But it doesn't produce that electrical current. The electricity exists independently of it. And likewise, the brain doesn't produce the consciousness, but like the the consciousness exists independently prior to the brain itself. And that's why that's why I say again and again, I'll say it for the rest of my life, we are divine infinite beings in a human lifetime. We are we are multi-dimensional infinite beings. And like just when a when a computer breaks, the electricity continues on, you know? Yeah. Like not in not in that physical form, not in that manifestation, but um it doesn't need a computer to exist. To add on to that, again, the Gnostics, they also thought that we were uh, divine within ourselves when we were made because divinity was passed down to us. So uh, another thing, this is in my notes, um, your brain hallucinates your conscious reality. Um, So there's billions of neurons that are working together to generate a conscious experience, and it's our own conscious experience. And there's this neuroscientist that Anil Seth, and I was watching this uh, TED talk with him. Uh, it's very interesting talk, uh, very interesting quote that he said, we're all hallucinating all the time. When we agree about our hallucinations, we call it reality. Hmm. And th- that was I, when I read that, I was like, whoa, you know, because it's true, man. It really you is. Know, you, you do know that when, you know, we're not we're not face to face. But when you look at somebody, um, you're not seeing them in absolute real time, because when you look at them, you're looking at them. Uh, light reflects off the photons, enters your retina, travels through your brain, goes to the back of the brain, registers, and you're registering it, even if it's milliseconds, but you're still not seeing people for, you know, for what they are, for what they yeah. truly are. You know what Correct. I mean? And, and even till this day, we don't understand what vision is. There's so many things in this world that we don't understand, and it's it's insane. Yep. You know, we're trying to comprehend consciousness, but but until – until uh, Isaac Newton discovered, you know, uh, made his discovery of, of optics, you know, there's people who thought that that vision was active, that we have these laser laser beams that shoot out of our eyes, you know, the extra mission and mm-hmm. intro mission uh, a theory of vision, mm-hmm. you, you know, that that vision is an active thing and not passive. And, and again, so many things that we don't even begin to understand. But again, well, when you look, well, yeah, I mean, here. 
I didn't I didn't mean to interrupt you, man, but it was just like something popped in my mind. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. That you said so many things that we don't understand. I mean, a few years ago, I saw this chart that was talking about like dark matter and dark energy. And apparently like ordinary matter, like the basically, in other words, the entire physical universe is only 4%. Yeah, the, the rest is dark. Of the observed universe, like yeah. <laughs> 96% of this universe is dark matter and dark energy. That's which, insane. To explain what that is, we have no idea. <laughs> we know what like, it does. 96% well, of this universe, we don't know the first thing about it. We just know it's there and we can detect it from its gravitational effects and the universe is expanding and that's that's why we there has to like dark energy has to come into play somewhere because what is that force that mysterious force that's driving the accelerating expansion of the universe and we have no idea what 96% of the cosmos is like we think we're so intelligent we insane we haven't um, even scratched the surface yet to, and to add on one more thought before we move on to the next topic, which is a juicy one, um, uh, about the vision, uh, you are seeing me as I was, not as I am. Because remember, you're not ever going to see somebody in the full time. You know, there's always a delay there because of all the uh, data and putting all that stuff. Uh, and I thought that was that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next uh, topic in line here is uh, new discoveries about ancient human history and that is one that you know obviously that i'm that i'm in because there's just so many things that we don't understand it just blows my mind you know we're killing our own world we're killing our own world but then we have people like elon musk that want to send people to mars to do what to destroy that planet as well like why can't we deal with the with the with the with the mess that we made you know what i mean it's paradoxical. It's like you want to start a new planet for what, dude? You can't even deal with the one that you have. You know what I mean? And you're mm-hmm. destroying it. So when it comes to these, these, uh, this ancient history and, and all these different sites around the world and, and all these things, again, there's a symbolic interpretation and then there's a literal interpretation. You know, like, for example, 85% of Egypt is still buried. It's kind of hard to understand the history and, and, and try to put t- together the pieces of the puzzle when there's a bunch of pieces still missing. Absolutely. You know I mean? so, Absolutely. Uh, what's your input on that as far as discoveries? And do you think we would even benefit from, from knowing where we originated from, how that would change the entire world? Yeah. I think yeah, it would absolutely. More, I mean, I can, I can share my thoughts. I can share my thoughts on that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say I know, but I can I can share my perspective. See, here's the thing: like, Earth has existed for around 4.5 billion years, right? And modern humanity, like mo- anatomically modern humans, have existed on this planet for around 200,000 years. In the, in the scope of four and a half billion years, 200,000 years is nothing. <laughs> and we think that we have such a full understanding of the history of this planet. We don't know anything. We don't Nothing. know anything. And like there there's if you examine some some of the most famous ancient sites all over the world, there are so many just absolutely baffling mysteries both about how these ancient builders would have achieved certain feats of engineering certain feats of uh, design and planning and execution on the scale of on the massive scale and the um, artistic mastery that they were able to pull off if you if you start to really look at the evidence and connect the dots um, at a couple of these different sites all over the globe then I believe I'm I am now convinced that uh, we're, we are missing major, major chapters from our understanding of human history, and more specifically that at some point in the distant past, there did exist on planet Earth highly advanced civilizations who we now have no knowledge of. Like, 
we think that we know that we are the most advanced civilization, like modern humanity is the most advanced civilization on planet Earth um, that has ever existed. We think we know that. We don't know that for a fact. Again, we've only been around for 200,000 years. Like, we have no idea about the bigger picture history of this planet, right? And again, I do see this as very much um, tying back into this great awakening of humanity in a lot of different ways because – <laughs> well, it's it's really it's 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 hard to know where to begin. I mean, there's so much to be said about that, but like I think that this has the potential to give us new insights into some of the biggest questions about human life on earth as well as our potential as human beings. Like where where we could where we where this evolution can potentially take us. Um, yeah. So it, it ties again to that, that Gnostic view that I was talking about to understand the end, you must understand the beginning. Why? Because the beginning is, you know, the end is where the beginning is. And it, it, it it's incredible what these people were able to do, what they were able to accomplish. And, you know, we talk about the minds, we talk about all these different people. There's, there's this tribe and, and talking about, one of the things I admire about Brian Forrester is that when he talks about ancient uh, civilizations and all these ancient people, he says, why are the, all these scholars talking for the indigenous people? Ask the people what they, what, you know, what they know of this, you know, yes. like, and how you had mentioned the last episode, uh, how they know to mix up these two plants. Well, the plants told them, you know, it's like they, yep. they mother nature told them. So one um. uh, one of the, this very interesting uh, tribe I came across and it, 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 it's, Got to relate with the Anunnaki and, you know, are we descendants of an alien race? You know, that's, that's always been the thing. Aliens, everybody's aliens, aliens, aliens. The thing is, uh, the Dogon tribe of West Africa, um, mm-hmm. they had this this knowledge of deep space, dude, mm-hmm. that they, they found stars. So the, this tribe was discovered in 1935, and they knew uh, the, the Sirius uh, star system. They knew that there were stars there that weren't discovered till 50 years after after they already knew about it how and then again you asked them so they, they found uh, uh uh companion stars in the Sirius star system but the, the problem is it's like you're asking me uh okay what does it matter you can just look up in the sky and look the problem with that is that Sirius b is not visible to the mm-hmm. naked eye and barely mm-hmm. visible in a modern day telescope because it's a white dwarf mm-hmm. and not only did they know it was a white dwarf it's like okay well maybe they got lucky they knew it's the first of all, it's the smallest form of a star, and and they also knew the mass it had because they called it the uh, a tiny star, but the heaviest that there is because white doors have the highest density of any celestial body. So they Ooh. not only did they know where it was, they knew it was a white dwarf, and they asked them where they got this knowledge from, and they claimed the knowledge was passed down from the uh, from these people they called the Nomos. The, the the interesting part about that is they were pictured. They have pictures of them as these ugly and fi- uh, amphibious beings, so like this, these fishmen, right? But the problem with that is, dude, that traces all the way back to ancient Egypt, Mesopotamia. All these again, all these correlations that we talked about and at the ending of the, of the episode we had done before, you can see this. So it's like, is there really a correlation, or you know what I mean? So it's just blows my mind, but you know when they ask these people where they, they tell you where they got the, the knowledge from, and, and and it's incredible, you know what they were able yeah. to do. So yeah, yeah, that's and that. it it is it is abs- I mean that's one of those cases that's that's absolutely mind blowing. And I mean you make a good point. You see that you see that same trend at many different sites all over the world. If you ask the indigenous people about this site, they they say that they inherited it and reclaimed it like different places like Machu Picchu for example and um really like uh, many many different sites from all over the world that we we see the same trend where like the our more recent ancestors found these sites this is how I see it our more recent ancestors found these sites and claimed them as their own and re-inhabited them and built yep. on top of them. Yep. But a lot of them still carry this, yeah, this this lore, this mythology that we 
didn't create this site. We inherited it from our ancestors. And I mean, you can also see what's interesting is that you can see that the more ancient parts of the site, for example, at Machu Picchu is a beautiful example of this. The older um, foundations of construction are built using way more advanced techniques and a way finer finish and way better craftsmanship than the older layers, which were, were built more recently. And so the question is, what happened to the knowledge and the techniques and the technologies that were used to create these older parts? Why is it that we see almost this regression in um, uh, building ability and engineering ability? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that, that's what blows my mind. And But again, yeah, it's like you said, I always ask myself, I say, where the hell are other tools? You know, if you have all these ancient structures, where the hell are, are their damn tools? Mm. Um, but again, that's why it's a mystery. Will we ever know? I'm not sure. But again, that's another factor that will contribute to this great awakening. Let me, let me uh, just say one more thing about that. Uh, I was listening. I was listening to this this interview that uh, a guy who studies this topic. Um, he's really brilliant. His, his name is Randall Carlson. Yeah, and, I've heard him. Yeah, and he's he's talking about how. If hypothetically all of uh, all of humanity left Earth today, like just in a purely hypothetical situation, if all of humanity suddenly disappeared and all of our buildings and cities were left behind, over the course of 5,000, 10,000 years, there would only be two structures remaining on planet <laughs> Earth. Only two. And you know which one they are? You can probably guess one of them. I I... Man, well, one, one would be the pyramids at Giza, <laughs> and and the other would be Mount Rushmore. Wow! It's only it's only these these massive megalithic stone sites that endure the test of time. Steel, iron, all these metal glass constructions without maintenance, they they corrode. They Mother break. Nature takes over. Mother over, Nature takes it back. Nature takes over over a thousand, two thousand. 3,000, 4,000, 10,000 years, there would be virtually no sign left of present-day humanity. So that really gives you a perspective when we're talking about four and a half billion years on planet Earth, 10,000 years, that really gives you some perspective about how much we are potentially missing. I agree. Um, so to move on to the, the last and final uh topic that i wanted to talk to you about another one that i that i like to think about ufo disclosure in a post-disclosure world boom yep, yep. <laughs> mic drop what's uh, what's your uh what's your views on that man well it's interesting i mean who knows for sure i think there is potentially some connection here between the ufo phenomenon that we are seeing in our skies and these these ancient mysteries um i i'm not saying for sure i'm saying there's a, there's a possibility who knows i think there is a chance that as we as we learn more and more about one topic we'll also learn more and more about the other um so so we'll see but yeah i mean at this point we are so far beyond the conversation of is this real is this not real we are so far beyond that, and and every time I have this this conversation, I I I, I, tr I try to make that clear that this isn't a conversation anymore about like is the UFO phenomenon real or is it not? It is 100% a scientific fact, as confirmed by the U.S. Department of Defense. For the first time in history, the U.S. Navy stated openly uh, that. It was having very real encounters with a, with some sort of craft or some sort of phenomenon that was officially classified as unidentified. And these objects were not only recorded on video, they were not only tracked on radar, and we have official radar returns showing their exact movements, how fast they were going, these objects descending from um, the atmosphere 80,000 feet up to right above sea level in a split second, like traveling at hypersonic velocities, doing all these crazy maneuvers that, you know, basically just violate our entire understanding of the laws of physics and space and time. 
disappearing in one place and reappearing in another, traveling like crazy speeds, like 10,000 miles an hour, and they'll do a right angle turn without slowing down. And like, you don't is, see the, you don't see, it, it doesn't show any propulsion either. That's another exactly. thing. It doesn't show any there's propulsion. No, it, it'll, no it's smoke, traveling no nothing. at hypersonic speeds, but there's no sonic booms. There's no, there's no wings on this craft. We can't tell how they generate lift and there's no apparent means of propulsion. Like if you look at every uh, rocket or every, um, you know, airplane, you see the propulsion, you say that you see the exhaust, that's what's driving it forward. This is some kind of technology or some kind of phenomenon, whatever it is, it's something that is way beyond our current understanding in, in so many different respects. Um, yeah. So there, there's, there is an abundance, a huge amount of evidence, basically every, every single, uh, government in the world, I believe has, has a cache of just, um, like a, a, a bunch of different documents, um, and, and documented encounters and video evidence and, and all that about like demonstrating that this is a hundred percent real. And I do think that this is another part of this great awakening that humanity is collectively opening its collective mind to this bigger picture understanding of our place in the cosmos that we are not alone far from it like the universe is teeming with life and not only that but yeah there there are again who knows what it is who knows like the, the what, what's clear is that these objects are operating in an intelligent way like they respond to the movements of these fighter jets who are trying to track them down and they're they're very elusive they're always one step ahead they're always dancing around like you know really more, understanding them more advanced than us more yeah, advanced there, than there, us. there's some intelligence that's controlling these these objects whatever they are some intelligence i'm not even necessarily saying that these are extraterrestrial beings from another planet that's one hypothesis that's one possibility but i believe that in some cases it could be even stranger than that like yeah do you yeah do you feel that so so i i find it suspicious that you know they're they're not denying it anymore they're they they've come out with a with a, a supposed space force that's coming out do you feel there's a there's another agenda behind this uh you know Obviously, maybe fake an alien invasion or whatever it is. Do you do you think there's a darker agenda behind all of this? Because it's it's kind of coincidental. Yeah, I mean, potentially. The thing is that <clears throat> obviously we, we there, there's there's not just one agenda going on here, right? Like there's there's many many. It's a very complex issue because there's so many. There's literally millions of different stakeholders. There's millions of different people who are. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I do think that there, there, I like it's very, it's very complex. It's hard to know where to begin. I mean, I do think that yes, I've heard about this idea of, of you know, faking an alien invasion to kind of like mobilize the army and and get all this defense spending. Um, I, I, I think that's a possibility. I don't discount it. Um, but. I don't think there's necessarily like I think there's a lot of people involved in this who don't necessarily have bad intentions. Um, I think a lot of people are trying to do what they think is according to their best intentions. But of course, that looks very different for different people. I definitely don't think that um, like the the powers that be. They're they're obviously concealing this from humanity. Like they're they're there's so 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 much data and concrete evidence that they're just sitting on without making us aware. And so like what does that mean? Like that that's a violation of our trust as as a people, as a nation. I I think. Like these people in power are supposed to be representing us. And yeah. if if we have concrete evidence like definitive evidence that we are being visited <laughs> by by something that's our like god-given human right to be a part of that to know that because we're that that affects us too like we're all in this together right yeah and yet, i mean clearly that's not the case because we don't know it and like most of us are completely oblivious to the 
piles and mountains of evidence that um, I do believe various government ent- entities are sitting on right now. Even even Trump has has come out and said, you know, it's insane. But there's also other uh, views to the topic as well. Uh, I'm going to have a, an episode with this guy, Dr. Michael P. Masters. He has a book, Identified Flying Objects, and he calls them extra tempestrials. And he believes, this, this is what I was telling you about, he states that aliens are us from the future to study ourselves in the past, just like how an archaeologist studies bones of past animals and stuff to get a better idea of what they were like, that they, we are the aliens. And that again, that flips it completely on its head. He also links it to tourism. Uh, you know, people are going to pay a lot of money to uh, be able to go into the past. And it just makes me think of Elon Musk and all his crazy ideas, how he wants to have a million people on Mars by 2050. That's, that's, that's incredible. So, um, I mean, yeah, I I think it's an intriguing (laughs) idea. And again, like just just my general perspective is that I'm not going to discount any possibility because I think all possibilities are on the table. But I'm also hesitant to just immediately buy into that because it's a hypothesis. Right. At the end of the day, it's a possibility. It's a conjecture. It's an idea. But Mm -hmm. there's no there's I mean what's his proof? There's no proof. (laughs) Well, I mean, no proof of it. And like also the other thing is that. It's clear that whatever the like when we say UFOs, that's not just one thing like we're, yeah. we're, th- that includes thousands and thousands, if not millions of different sightings from all throughout history. And even the way that UFOs are described, there's a huge range of sightings of different types of objects or different, you know, different phenomena, whatever they yeah. may be. And so, so like so- the term UFO encapsulates a very, very broad range of various different phenomena and who knows yeah maybe that could be one part of it i don't think that's the whole picture so i think play that devil's advocate i mean the guy does have a phd in anthropology and, and his theory behind it is that we're going to eventually evolve to that in advance because again you know uh, you can only go, go up from here you know what i mean we're eventually we have we have evolved all these thousands and millions of years it's a possible it's a possibility <laughs> it's, a, it's a possibility I think, I think it's awesome you know what i mean but uh yeah. So uh, to summarize, Jonas, um, so, so we can wrap this up, we, we covered these five, top six topics, whatever you want to call them. Um, any final words for, and obviously there was more, and you can check out his YouTube video about it. He talks about other ones that I didn't talk about here. And any final words that you want to add, any final thoughts before we close this out? <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, well, it's <laughs> I, 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 it's man. Honestly, like in my perspective, I do think it's really an honor and a blessing to be alive on Earth at this time. Like that's literally how I see it. I think that this is a very momentous time in history that has been eons in the making. Like again, this I think that I, th- I see this as. There is there's some kind of like evolution or unfolding that's happening here that's ultimately bigger than humanity, but we're all a part of it. We're all an expression of it, and um, yeah, it's a, it's a unbelievable time to be alive here on Earth. It's very exciting. I do think that in some ways, like in some ways, I do think that the collective situation will continue to get worse before it gets better in some in some ways, in some senses, but. Um, I keep in mind the, 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 the fact that, like, again, in the, in the bigger picture, 100 years is nothing. 100 years is the blink of an eye, you know? So, like, our entire lifetime is, is the blink of an eye in, in the bigger picture. And I do believe that over the, long, over the longer term, I have infinite faith in life itself. Like, in the bigger picture, all is well. No matter how this unfolds, sh- Man, it's going to get crazy out here. Like, we're just seeing it's going it, to, it, like, beyond what we can even imagine, it, it's really going to start popping off, I think. It, it already is, and it's just going to continue. But um, over the long term, like, in the bigger picture, I have nothing but absolute trust and faith in the divine wisdom of life itself. Like, in the bigger picture, all is well all is well and that will always be true so uh yeah i'm excited for the ride i'm curious to see where it'll take us and uh time will tell those are beautiful words and 
that'll be on my next trailer. <laughs> uh, awesome. So, Jonas, uh, what's your YouTube channel again so people can check you out before we head out? Thanks, brother. It's it's called Cosmic Consciousness with Jonas. And, uh, yeah, uh, come, come check it out. I, I, I talk about a bunch of different topics um, related to all this stuff. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. So if you want to get some of that wisdom and knowledge, head over there. Again, Jonas, thank you so much, man. I was really excited for this episode. I feel it was a solid one, and each of those topics could be a, an episode of yeah, their yeah. own because it goes so much deeper than than what we touched and, and what we elaborated on. Absolutely. You know, so many yeah. other things. But again, yeah. thank you so much, Jonas. I really appreciate it. My pleasure, brother. Well, there you have it. Again, thought-provoking topics that could be episodes all on their own. Really enjoyed this one. Remember to follow us on social media at the Juan on Juan podcast. Shoot us an email if you want to be on the show, have anything interesting that you want to talk about, whatever. The Juan on Juan podcast at gmail.com. Also, remember to like, share, comment, subscribe, leave us a review, whatever. And I hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you so much. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park